From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. I am so grateful to be back here for episode 255. I was away for two weeks. Megan and I, we were on our honeymoon, and that was an adventure. I want to talk about that. I want to talk today about what it was like for me to go overseas for the first time to Italy. We went to Rome, and then we went to Florence. So Rome for one week, Florence for another week. And I want to talk about my anxiety, if there was any anxiety, but I want to wrap this episode around my new lifestyle out away from the regular, well, routine that I have here at home. But what was it like to go overseas and also to be in this new environment to explore and have this great adventure with Maggie in this foreign land that I've never been to? But I want to wrap this episode around diet because I gave myself leeway into exploring the foods Italy has to offer because I thought, well, if I was on my deathbed and I looked back on this experience, would I I have regretted not trying the best pasta in the world or the best pizza in the world? And I would have definitely regretted it. So, um, I want to talk about what happened, like going from a strict carnivore diet to something else. What's that like? Because it's interesting when people consume, say, the all-American diet, right? They're just eating everything, you know, French fries to pizza to hamburgers to salads to cakes, muffins, bagels, um, whatever, right? All of these things, a large variety of foods, when they they don't they don't know what life is like being on something strict and what how you feel and how your body reacts to these foods. So I want to approach this from my perspective of going from something strict to incorporating uh, gluten and uh, carbs and sugar. And what that did to me mentally and physically. And so that you guys have an understanding of, oh, okay, is it worth pursuing, you know, incorporating carbs or sugar? And what's life like not incorporating that into your diet? So that's what I want to explore today. But I want to start things off with my experience going overseas. And for me, it was life-changing in the most positive way. I had the time of my life. It was eye-opening. It was very spiritual, very religious for me. It was to stand within the Sistine Chapel and to look up at Michelangelo's frescoes and to be blown away by that is something I can't describe until you personally do it. 
And for me, going into these galleries in Rome and being in the presence of these artists like Raphael, Donatello, Michelangelo, Bernini, it really changed me as a person it was overwhelming. I told Maggie like halfway through the day, like I'm so overwhelmed by the beauty of this place. I am overwhelmed by the art. It's moving me. There was one day where Maggie and I, we, we got a tour. So underneath the Vatican, there is St. Peter's tomb. And we got a tour of the underground uh, crypts. And that was very, very meaningful to us. And you don't have to be religious to be impacted by the overwhelming beauty that a tour like this provides you. So we're down in the crypts and it's, you know, it's very tight, claustrophobic even. And I noticed for me, that being down there triggered what could have been more of an anxiety attack. But being very aware and, being, and knowing how to handle and combat this, I was able to stop its momentum pretty quickly by rational dialogue. So let me just unpack that a little bit more. So being down there... I remember my the tour guide was like, oh yeah, I've had other people, you know, younger people faint down here because they were feeling claustrophobic and overwhelmed. And that snowballed my train of thought, like, oh my God, what if that happens to me? And, you know, I started to notice my shallow breathing. And I, I, I promise you this, that it was partly because of my diet. And so I want to unpack that later down the road. But, um, I, you know... I was starting to get these thoughts, but then I was able to calm myself down and the anxiety just stopped abruptly. And then I enjoyed the rest of the tour. It was like this few minutes of like, of this snowball that I managed to stop. But anyways, to go back to the meaningful beauty that this tour provided Maggie and I, we went further and further down into the crypts and then we were able to go into the tombs of the popes that inhabited the Vatican. And that was unbelievably touching. And so that's one thing that we did. We did a Vespa tour of Florence. So that was fun. That was unbelievably exciting. Maggie and I rode on a Vespa. I, I actually drove the Vespa. And it's interesting because they only give you a 10-minute tutorial on how, like, you know, how to drive this Vespa. And uh, then you're, you go on this road with a group of 10 people, 10, 12 people who are on these Vespas. And you go into the country. But it's, it, you know, somebody guides you, right? The the, the tour guide guides you through the country roads and through Florence, and it was unbelievably stunning. You know, we you pass Galileo's house, which is so unbelievable. And then, you know, that we visited uh, Michelangelo's tomb. We vis visited Galileo's tomb in Florence. We went into all of these different uh, 
churches like uh, Santa Maria Novella and um, Santa Croce where uh, Michelangelo was buried. And then you walk into these unbelievable churches in Rome, like, um, I forget the name, but you know, you, you walk into a church and there's a, there's Bernini there and he's a famous sculptor. And you know, you see his famous piece just right there beside the altar and you're overwhelmed or you go into a church and you see these famous, unbelievable Caravaggio paintings uh, depicting the gospels and you're just completely overwhelmed by the beauty in the, the scale of these great artworks. And then you go into, uh, uh, well, for me, witnessing David in person, Michelangelo's David is overwhelming or going into the Vatican is overwhelming. So the whole trip itself was overwhelming in, in its scale of beauty. I can't even comprehend. And then walking down the, the streets of Rome, it's unbelievable because you feel like, I felt like I was transported back in time and I'm in this sacred place and you're, you're, you're captivated by how old the streets are, how old the structures are. And you, you know, you see cars driving by and you have your cell phone and you have, but you know, other than those things, you feel like you're in, in a different place. And that's why I valued this trip so much because Maggie and I connected through this, th the art and the religious element of the experience and being in this foreign place with, with so much to do. We have so much to see. And so every day was an adventure. Every day was, was captivating, to, to say the least. And how can I forget the biggest and most beautiful day out of the whole trip? Maggie and I getting married in the Borghese Gardens where we exchanged rings, we exchanged vows, and we had our close friends there to watch this all unfold. And we're so grateful for them for traveling from Canada to Rome to see us get married. And then uh, one of the other friends came from London. So it was overwhelming. It was beautiful. It was magnificent. The day was perfect, cloudy. So it was great for photos. And we had a photographer there to capture all the moments. So they will... The photos will be coming out on my Instagram eventually in a month or two. So follow me at Brad's profile. But the day was beautiful. I got to see Maggie in her dress. She was glowing. It was perfect. It was a fairy tale. We were in this ancient city and we were captivated not only by the culture, but just the sheer beauty of this place and having friends there to witness that. And we went out to dinner later that night with them and to celebrate this beautiful day. So we had the ceremony around from 8 a.m. to, and it was till 11, something like that, after we took photos. And then we went out to get coffee at this beautiful little cafe in Rome. And then after that, we took a break in the afternoon and then went out to dinner later that night. And it was just magnificent. 
and where we exchanged our vows. You can Google this place and it will come up. It's the Temple of Diana in the Borghese Gardens. It's beautiful. We, 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 we were scouting a location the day before for the perfect spot. And we stumbled upon this small little beautiful looking temple in the middle of the gardens. And we were like, this is the spot. So we came back here the next day, early in the morning, less crowds were there, very few people. And we just went up there. It was natural. It was easy, stress-free. We were just caught up in this beautiful moment, sharing laughs and smiles with the friends and the photographer. And it was, it was magnificent. So just stay tuned. The pictures will come out eventually, and I'm, I can't wait to share them with you guys. You know, I want to bring you back to the beginning of the trip because I noticed, you know, the plane ride itself. I'm I'm comfortable with planes. I am I was I was good, but I didn't sleep on the plane because it's very very uncomfortable. So I was up for 24 hours, and then we got to Rome, and I I didn't eat the plane the plane food because. I don't want to eat that stuff. It's mostly just, it, it looked terrible and just carb heavy. I just didn't want to make myself feel awful by eating it. So I, I skipped the meal. So we arrived in Rome. We got to our Airbnb and I was, you know, going 24 hours with no sleep, not eating. Yeah, I was anxious. I was overwhelmed because I'm so excited to be in this place, but at the same time, I'm I'm not sleeping, right? And so I, I'm like, well, I'm exhausted, and so I started to get anxious. And especially by the time I ate pasta that very first day, we had a bowl of pasta at a restaurant we had our eye on for a long time because we did our research before going on this trip of the best places to eat, and you know we didn't want to wind up in a tourist trap down there. So we have this long list of these amazing foods that we want to try. First day we ate pasta and I felt really anxious because not only am I anxious about eating carbs for the first time in four months or four years rather, not four months, four years, four plus years, I felt overwhelmed just being here in this place everything was so foreign and then I'm so exhausted and so my anxiety was there so I want to tell you something about this no matter who you are anxiety is a part of you it's not going anywhere but it's how you manage the anxiety when it pops up that defines who you are right so for me being there being overwhelmed by what's going on and a shift in my routine, not to mention there's a five-hour time difference from Toronto time to Rome time. And so everything is has shifted, and then I'm feeling anxious, but then I calm myself down by, by the self-talk that I was generating within myself. I knew I was anxious, so I said, relax, you're tired, you haven't gotten any sleep, you haven't even eaten, no wonder you're so anxious, relax. And so then my anxiety dissipated very quickly the more I was repeating this mantra as I was sitting there eating the pasta. Right? The pasta didn't help, by the way, obviously. Right? It didn't help. 
because it just made me more lethargic and tired. But, you know, later that day, I managed to get some rest and I felt unbelievably better by the next morning. So that's the thing. When you're feeling anxious and you're overwhelmed, think about what, why you could be this way. Maybe you're not eating properly. Maybe you're not getting any rest. And so for me, it was quite obvious. Yeah, I haven't slept. I've been traveling. I've been taking trains and like airplanes and, you know, taxis and trying to find the Airbnb and, you know, going out for pasta and then looking around and being in this foreign place that I've never been before. And it's like, I'm so excited, but also I'm just trying to, you know, eat something. And yeah, it's a lot. So talk to yourself, make sure that you bring about that dialogue to ease that anxiety because we have that internal voice and that's a tool for you, right? Because we're always telling ourselves a certain story. So I knew that adding carbs and sugar back into my diet will produce snakes. I knew that going in right? I gave myself two weeks to explore new cuisine that I know I would have regretted if I were to stick with my carnivore diet. Because I'll tell you something, if I had a serious autoimmune problem, if I was diabetic, I would have not, have, I wouldn't have eaten those carbs and sugar. That's for sure. So I want to make that clear. But, but since I'm metabolically healthy, I gave myself permission to explore the food. Do I regret doing that on the trip? Well, I'll get to that at the end of the podcast. But there are always consequences. And I knew that going in. I was very nervous. I had a conversation with Maggie way before our trip. I told her, I'm, I don't know if I'm comfortable, you know, eating carbs and exploring new foods because I know how much of an impact eating strictly has on me and the quality of my life. And I tell you guys all the time on the podcast, but the reason why I sacrificed my old way of eating was to explore cuisine that you can't ever get outside of that country. And, and that's why I, I did it. And, and also being metabolically healthy is why I did it as well. But I viewed this reversion as an experiment and a temporary thing that it's only going to last two weeks. And then when I'm back home, it's back to the strictness of the diet. No cutting corners after that. So having that boundary and those rules laid out, I said, okay, well, I'm going to explore this food for a couple weeks. And then when it comes to getting on that airplane, it's back to normal. And that's exactly what happened. As soon as I got back on the airplane, that's it. Back to meat. Back to the strictness that I implement on myself. So 
Maggie and I both learned a lot from this experience. First, for me, adding caffeine back into my diet, cappuccinos to be specific, I noticed an impact, all right? Because I haven't had coffee in five plus years. I don't even know. That's when I started my anxiety recovery journey, I quit caffeine. So introducing cappuccinos, I was like, okay, we'll see how it goes. And so here, here is what happened. First, they were utterly divine, delicious, right? Coffee in Rome and Italy, it's different. That's why I wanted to do it. And it was definitely different. And it was very, very good. But cappuccinos also produced in, within me heightened irritation. I, I saw that and I felt that. I noticed my fuse shrink more and more the more I consumed them. And I would only do one a day. You know, in, in Rome, they're not big. They're just small cups. And it's just frothed milk and espresso. But even with that, I noticed how much it would energize my, my brain, but also tighten me up and, and, and produce that shortness that I do not like at all. I hate it. But luckily, since Maggie and I walk more than 10 miles a day, every day, it didn't have that great of an impact because I, I thought walking and all of that exercise, it was an outlet for that energy to be released. Okay. So that was good. And Maggie is already a coffee drinker. So its impact on her was not as great as me, but also I noticed within her that if she didn't get her morning cappuccino, it, she would be irritable. And it's like she depended on that. She was dependent on that coffee to function optimally. And so I know, so then I thought, well, it does actually have a great impact on her. And man, I, I just, I wouldn't want to be dependent on something like that to function optimally. That's for sure. So yeah, it did have a great impact on her. But for me, it, it was quite obvious the impact it had on me. And so this is the Italian breakfast. It's a pastry and a cup of coffee. And coffee, it's not like an American cup of coffee where it's a medium and it's double-double or whatnot, but it's something small. There are shots of espresso, or if, if you get a cappuccino, it's a little bit bigger than that. But uh, um, Italians, what, the, what they do in the morning is they go up to the counter, they get their pastry, they get their espresso, they down their espresso, they, they down their pastry within a few minutes, and then they're out of there, right? It's a very small breakfast for them and then they have a bigger lunch and dinner so for me I would have that pastry I tried the pastry I tried the espresso and I noticed a massive difference in my mood and how I was functioning 
because I have eggs and bacon in the morning and going from that to a pastry, so pure carbs and caffeine, it was obvious, the impact, right? I noticed that I would get hangry by 12, by noon, and I noticed that my energy would be depleted and I would get brain fog and all sorts of different outcomes that I really want to dive into. But this is what Maggie observed in me. I would get hangry. I would have a shorter fuse and I hold more stuff inside. So concerns, worries, um, issues, rather than being open about it, like usual. She said, she told me that. And we found this whole experience to be quite interesting. And, you know, did it impact the quality of the trip? Not so much because we had a great time. Let me just clarify that. The trip was unbelievable, right? I can't even fathom how magnificent it was. And do I regret eating these foods? I can't say yet because you have to stick around to the end. I want to keep that question open until the end, but but we had an amazing time. And these things were obvious within me, but since we were walking and exploring, we're in a foreign place, I felt like the impact of these foods, it was obvious, but because we were getting exercise, it it and we were we were looking at these this great art it wasn't so bad it wasn't so bad but the 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 impacts were there for sure so i noticed this about myself and i want to describe these mental and physical differences with going on this introducing these foods back into my diet First, I had much fatigue in the morning. I woke up and it was difficult to get myself going. Meditating was difficult because it was hard for me to focus my mind and to calm down my mind. And I would get drowsy during the meditation like I was falling back asleep. This is something I, that didn't happen when I was eating very strictly with just meat, you know, eggs and fish and stuff like that. So it was difficult to get myself going. And then I would stretch in the morning and I noticed my limbs were a lot tighter and, and my, my body felt like a bread tie twisted up. And so I had to spend more time on twisting my body. And I noticed my joints were a little stiff. So that was clear. It's, it's night and day. It really is. So that's the impact that this food has on me. And, but once I start, once I get going, I can, I'm excited about the day because we have so much planned in our itinerary. And so we get moving. And so I thought, I can't imagine eating this way back at home on a regular basis. I, I couldn't function that way. I can function on this trip because I know it's temporary and also because we have so much to do and we're always excited to get going, 
right? But imagine being at home and going to work and living your day-to-day repeatedly, but also incorporating carbs and pastries. And I couldn't imagine living that way. It's just horrible. And, and I can't imagine that because I did live that way for 20 plus years. I grew up eating cereals and bread and skimmed milk. And I was, you know, I knew what it was like. That's the reason why I went on a strict diet is because I hated how I felt regularly. And so I can't stress that enough. And that's why I'm so passionate about it is because Man, you know, it cha- being on the carnivore diet, moving from keto to carnivore, it completely changed my life in so many ways. And going back on and incorporating these old foods made me realize how much I appreciate the strictness of my diet now. So that's a little bit of what it was like for me so the tightness of the joints, being extremely stiff in the morning, and when I was not being on the carnivore diet, I would wake up energized, uh, not stiff at all, light on my feet. Uh, meditation would be more profound, I guess you can say. It's a night and day difference. And this experience taught me how valuable eating so strictly is for the quality of your life. And like I say all the time, the quality and the qualities of your sacrifice are in proportion to the overall quality of your life. Maggie and I noticed that if we didn't incorporate meat into our meals every day, we would crave meat, severely crave it. I noticed that when we had like the pastry for breakfast and then we would have a pasta dish for lunch, I noticed within me, I'm like, well, I'm not satiated. I feel like I could just keep eating. And then the second thing is I would crave meat. It's un. Believable. Maggie told me one time she woke up in the morning, she's like, I could taste blood in my mouth. There was none, but she's like, it was because she was craving something meaty. She was craving protein. She was craving fat. And same with me. I noticed that too. And it's so fascinating because being not incorporating pasta and pizza into your diet, I noticed for me that I felt emotional more and more unstable, emotionally unstable. I would feel much brain fog. Like I can't think or formulate sentences. It would, there's so much more effort in conversation for me than being on a carnivore diet. And then not only the emotional ups and downs, but being hungry more often, eating three plus meals a day, pooping a lot more. I can't, I couldn't believe how much I was pooping 
for God's sakes. I mean, being on the carnivore diet, your body utilizes all of those nutrients found in the meat and eggs and the fish and the, the, the liver and all of these things. So you don't poop that much. And a lot of people going on the carnivore diet, they don't poop for like five days and then they're worried. But it's like, no, no, no. Your body is absorbing all of those nutrients in the meat. And so you poop a lot less. But when you eat pasta and pizza and Chinese food or whatever it is, you're pooping all the time, man. And I noticed I would go to the bathroom two times a day. And I'm like, man, this is, what the hell's going on? <laughs> but I knew what was going on. It was the food, right? Just, just goes right through you. There's no nutritional value in those types of foods. So that's why you feel lethargic and unenergized and drowsy when you eat a pastry or a pasta, it's because there's no value in that. It's not giving your body energy that it needs. So, yeah, not only, I was, not only would I feel hangry and unsatisfied, but the sugar cravings were real. Like, because I gave my mind leeway to explore these foods, my brain would go, okay, where am I going to get my sugar fix? My next dopaminergic rush. And I would be like, okay, let's go get a pastry. Let's go get uh, something uh, chocolatey and gelato. So my, my brain was going, like, because I gave it a free pass, it was going in all sorts of directions on what to eat. And so I was like, whoa, 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 brain, calm down, man. You're getting too worked up. And even Maggie noticed that within me. She's like, Brad, why are you getting stressed out about finding the right dessert? And I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I'm just, my dopaminergic system is just going haywire because I'm letting it free out of its cage. It was, it was interesting. It was very, very interesting. So overall, how was the trip? Magnificent. Uh, it changed my life. I want to go back to Rome. Maggie wants to go back to Rome. We love it there. Maggie is a art history major. So she was my tour guide for most of the trip. She introduced me to these unbelievable works of art and artists. And she found the whole experience to be unbelievable she didn't even want to come back we wanted to stay there and um but you know back to reality and i was excited to get back onto the carnivore diet because i knew you can't i couldn't sustain that way of eating for any longer it wasn't good i just it was obvious it was so obvious so i'm happy to be back and as soon as i got on that plane it was back to normal and now a few days after the plane ride, I'm here to say that, well, I am feeling better. I'm, I'm feeling, now that I'm incorporating more meat back into my diet, I'm feeling more calm, level-headed. I'm feeling good. I'm happy to get back into the routine. And I learned a lot from this experience. Overall, it was amazing. Do I, would I have done things differently? No, I I ate the best pasta in the world. We went into this trip with clean palates too. It's not like we went into this trip already consuming Costco pizzas and cakes and muffins. 
we were eating cleanly. So then introducing the best pasta in the world, my mouth exploded with, it was an explosion of flavor. And it was, it was so amazing. The pizza was the best pizza I have ever tried in my life. The best coffee I've ever tried in my life. The best steak, the Florentine steak in Florence. Best steak I ever had in my life. Best food I've ever had in my life. And I don't regret a single thing. I'm so grateful for the experience. I'm so happy I went on this trip. Yeah, there were the, the quality of the trip in certain areas lessened because of the food, right? A feeling lethargic, feeling, you know, I would get crampy uh, hands. I think that's arthritis. I was getting arthritis when I was eating gelato or, or like um, pasta. I felt it. I really felt it. But, you know, was it worth it? Yeah, because I knew it was just for the two weeks and I had a great time. But now it's back to reality. It's back to eating strictly. And I am so, I'm so pleased with how everything went. The, tr the, the train rides went smoothly. The planes, the plane rides went smoothly. No hiccups. The Airbnbs were beautiful and they were, everything went smoothly with Airbnbs because I know a lot of the time you could have problems and issues with Airbnbs, but they went smoothly and we're grateful for everything. And lastly, to conclude this episode, my brain now knows that there are no cutting corners now that I'm back here. So the, the boundaries are up. And I learned that if you give the mind leeway to indulge in what it desires, then it will run with those de desires and it'll destroy its own self. It'll destroy you if you let it run with those desires. The mind needs boundaries. The mind needs boundaries. It needs routine and it needs regularity. If you are free to eat anything, then the mind stresses on what it should consume and it will stray towards the bigger dopamine kicks and then the mind will justify its decision oh, I had a salad for lunch so I can have this burger. I can have this cake. I can have this pizza for dinner. That's what I noticed within me. Because it's free to run in all directions, it'll most likely run in a very bad direction because like, how do you decide what to eat if you can eat anything? That's the problem I had growing up 20 years eating the standard American diet. Well, I can, I'm free to eat anything. What do I eat? And then the mind's like, okay, that's a big problem. What do I eat? And then your mind then jumps towards Chinese food or a dessert or a beer 
or a glass of wine or chocolates or McDonald's. <laughs> That's what happens when there are no borders and boundaries. Having a strict set of foods every single day eliminates that stress of possible foods to eat. Also, you have reasoning for the strictness because, well, of how good you feel. You have to explore that strictness in order to understand a new way of being in the world. Because I made the sacrifice of the cakes and pizzas and pastas, I realized how important food is for your mental health and your physical well-being. It's, it's so important. It's unbelievably important. This trip taught me a lot. The qualities of your sacrifices are in proportion to the overall quality of your life. And that's where I'm going to leave you today on this podcast episode. I am so happy to be back here with you guys. I can't tell you how grateful I am to share my experiences here with you and, and for you guys to be a supporter of the show. It means the world to me. And lastly, rise above anxiety. Be the best version that you can be. I will see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery 